Welcome to the Start Me Up Podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in DC, and today my guest is Michael McWhorter, otherwise known as Tizient. He's a filmmaker and activist using his online platform to combat things like racism, homophobia, misogyny, and bigotry. He's such an interesting guy. I'm really looking forward to talking to him, but before I do, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup. And don't forget... You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Tizzy Ant. Welcome to the show, Michael. Uh, thank you for having me. You know, it's so funny because I, it was a listener of mine who said that you, you, you should invite you on the show. And oh. I, think they gave, I think they sent me an email. And then, like, I don't know, a day later, you followed me on Twitter. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so we were able to schedule this show. So I'm so grateful. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> uh, thank you for asking me. And I guess it was kismet. So yes. here we are. <laughs> um, now, I just, you know, you've got a huge following. What you do is absolutely fantastic. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the latest news of the day, which is Russia. But before we get into all the really fun, exciting stuff that is Russia, um, can you just tell everybody about who you are and i know you're a filmmaker so can you talk about that sure i mean i'm just a guy <laughs> i mean but which which is true and i maintain that um but no on like kind of the you know the rundown of like my my life and work and whatever mm -hmm. um yeah i work in the film and television industry as a, a director and editor mainly um feature films music videos commercials television um I, i've edited like I, I try to keep I lost count but it's like 250 plus music videos wow for example so yeah I've been doing it uh, for a minute um, <laughs> and then this whole thing uh, uh, social media like I, I was on social media because being in the industry that I'm in it makes sense they right. kind of go hand in hand yeah. um, uh, I mean the, the interesting thing about the the work that I do for a living is even as I get older, it does kind of like immerse you in sort of pop culture. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, other men my age don't necessarily get certain references that I do, for example. <laughs> but, but like, you know, I keep up with things right. only yeah. because I'm. It's part of what I do. Yeah. Um. So I think that kind of helped with the whole sort of social media presence. So as things come along, you know, Instagram came along and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this is interesting. And Twitter came along and you joined it. And then we've seen the things that have come and gone, like Vine, for example. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed Vine as a creative and as someone who edits and stuff. You know, that six second limit was something that I like it was that was tough mm -hmm. to kind of do anything worth watching for six seconds. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, I did that and then, you know, Vine went away. And I, those were kind of things like that, like Vine, were always just sort of an outlet you know, especially as an editor, there's a lot of times when you're, you know, importing things or exporting things or rendering things where you're just kind of like sitting there uh, while that happens. And it was nice to have like, just kind of keep the creative juices flowing Yeah. and have something to, to do. So when TikTok came along, 
um, I was like, oh, this really reminds me of Vine, just longer. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was really focused at first on like 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was like, oh, so this this could be fun to do that. And there was a lot of like lip syncing thing mm-hmm. and all that. So I originally joined TikTok, for example, just to sort of um, have an outlet to do goofy things. <laughs> you know, I, I had no like a purpose behind it <laughs> per se. Uh, and then as things progressed and, uh, you know, app sort of i wouldn't say the app changed but as people join and they have this outlet to say and do things Mm -hmm. you start seeing a shift in content i mean that was something that in 2018 all anyone really did on that was use audio and lip sync to it and then someone else do their version of it and that's pretty much what you saw on the app and it has changed drastically since then wow um and so i started seeing misinformation Mm -hmm. spread a lot and that's something that's just kind of like a pet peeve of mine, yeah. I guess. Uh, especially when it's something that's easily easy to to discredit. Mm-hmm. Like if you literally take ten seconds to look that up, right? You realize that's not accurate or true, even in the least. And it was amazing to me how many people would be in the comments of something like completely buying this, and I'm like, who yeah. is this person who's talking to you? Right. They have no credentials, and they just said this thing. And it, obviously, it covers the gamut: uh, politics, religion. Um, then, you know, with COVID, it was misinformation about the virus itself and then misinformation about the vaccines. Mm-hmm. And then w- w- even with COVID in the, a big part of that, when the pandemic first kicked in, we saw the uprising of uh, conspiracy theories, like the whole QAnon stuff. And that's really where I took a big shift because mm. I just saw people being completely absorbed with things. Yeah. So my, my content went from just doing like a dumb joke. I have a very large beard. So I did <laughs> a lot of content about my beard originally. Um, <laughs> And I, I went from that to going like, hey, this isn't true. Like, why would <laughs> yeah. you believe this? And then next thing I know, that's kind of, you know, what I'm doing and getting an audience for, mm-hmm. um, which I'm, I'm, you know, happy to do. And then as time went on and you you know feel a certain responsibility and you see things that affect marginalized communities and mm-hmm. so forth, I felt the need to, you know, speak up mm-hmm. about things like that and kind of found some some placement there which is you know again not something they necessarily set out to do right but here we are yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh that was a long way of saying like i do this thing where i you know get paid to be creative kind of and make (laughs) these visual things and then i sort of happened into this other thing that is probably the reason that you know about me right so that's kind of a it's kind of an interesting twist to be like oh people know about you but not for that thing that you probably figured you would be known (laughs) for i mean in the industry, sure, but not outside right. of it. And then yes. there's this whole other animal. So, well, that's fascinating because I kind of have I, I have a similar story, but it's not entirely similar. It's just I I started out in my online presence because prior to my online presence, I really I didn't have one. If you Googled my name, you couldn't find out anything. And <clears throat> I remember initially I was a little bit like irritated because my mother actually had an online presence, and I can't remember why. But I thought, why that's does she funny. have one? And um, both of us were on Days of Our Lives, which is funny. And I, I was never credited. Like, I, we, the role that I played on Days of Our Lives was a police officer, but I was what they call an under five, meaning five lines or less. Occasionally, I got more, but mainly I was an under five. And sure. So I guess you could get an IMDb. You could. I was on the show for seven years. So um, I don't even I don't know about IMDb or how it works, and I think I've I've heard you kind of have to upload your own stuff. 
I don't have an IMDb page or anything like that. But I was on Days of Our Lives. But anyway, um, when I started, I, I had written books. That was what I, I, I wrote books and I paired up with my mother because we did um, anthologies asking people. The first thing we did was ask people about how they had or their first time sexual experience, basically. And then um, so one thing led to another and I'm here talking to you. And this was not my goal. I mean, I had not, right. you know, like I didn't, my goal was not politics, my, but it just kind of went where, I just went where the wave took me. And it sounds kind of like that. And, and then on top of it, the fact that you stand up for people, and I mean, that's a big, that's your, your Twitter feed is all about that. Um, I can completely relate to it because, I mean, I try to do that, you know, with women's issues. And this is how I started. I got into women's issues. But even prior to my political um, endeavors, I don't know what you would call it, just my political activism, I always would just kind of like if I saw an injustice, I would speak up about it. And, you know, to the point where my girlfriend, she is a... uh, I haven't seen her for a while, but she's born again Christian. I am not. I am not. I do not belong to organized religion. But she was my very, 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 very close friend for a long time. She was having issues with her marriage, and she had four kids and couldn't afford them. And my mother had said to me, she's like, you know, what about her church? Maybe her church can help her. And, you know, she had given her church all this money over the years. And so she said to me, she asked her pastor and he said no. And I'm like, what's his phone number? <laughs> so <it's> like, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I chewed the guy out for a long time. And, of course, I stayed very clean. I didn't want him just to hang up on me. So I, I used all the guilt I could. And um, it didn't work. But at least I tried. Right. So yeah. I, I definitely understand your desire to, like, stand up and shout for people who don't have that voice and you have a huge social media following and you're clearly using it for good. Um, you And so basically you use your online platform to combat misogyny, sexism, and bigotry. So what is it that, you know, I mean, tell us a little bit about that and how, I mean, I know how you were inspired to do it because you just kept seeing things coming up, but what is it that you want to accomplish with this? Like I know, for instance, I just watched a video that you posted the other day. Um, God, it was a freaking horrible story about this little black girl who had been bullied by people in school and they set up this fake account to, um, for, to, to, as her and then she's, that she's bombing, that she's going to bomb the school. So I'm going to let you take it from there because I want you to tell this story and then talk about it a little bit. uh, You know, young girl in, in South Florida and uh, she's dealing with bullies at school. And apparently one of them set up an Instagram account as if it was her and then proceeded to make bomb threats against her school wow. utilizing that account. Um, that was brought to the attention of local law enforcement who came and arrested her. And I mean, literally video of her mm-hmm. being put in cuffs, put in the back of a patrol car, this 13 year old girl. Well, Obviously, they need to take that kind of stuff seriously. Yeah. We've had 13-year-olds do terrible things, right. especially if they're making threats. So I appreciate you know, wanting to take those kind of threats very seriously and having like, no, uh, you know, no tolerance for that, mm-hmm. so to speak. The issue is, obviously, one, she did not do those things. It right. was done by her bullies. Bullies that, by the way, her family had been complaining to the school for months about, and the school uh, failed to act in any way, according to her family. Wow. Uh, and then, so she's taken into custody. Her family's like, 
we don't, this is the first we've heard of this. You know, we know she didn't do this. And of course, the easiest way to prove that is, is this her, her account? So her family turns over her phone, her tablet, her computer to police as she's being arrested. And they're like, look, look at the, and it doesn't, it's not very hard to go on those devices and to quickly determine this is not, you know, this, these don't have access to this account. Uh, the IP address that these came from doesn't match. You know, there's all kinds of things they can quickly do to verify that she did not do these things. Right. And instead, investigators sat having those devices for 11 days. And for those 11 days, she spent that in a juvenile detention center. Wow. I just, days, I, I want to. With no criminal record, sitting in movie in South Florida, which being someone from South Florida, I can tell you, probably not the most fun place uh, to go to juvie. Jesus. Uh, and it took them 11 days to do anything. And then wow. to insult to injury, uh, law enforcement had released statements, according, again, according to the family and their attorney, mm -hmm. that the family and the girl had been uncooperative with their investigation. Unbelievable. When they handed this to them right out the gate. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'm going to assume that the bullies – do you know if the bullies were white? Uh, I, no, I do not know the color of the bullies, or, or I should say the race of the bullies or their ethnicity. I will say um, – and they, they haven't obviously released that information, and that's good. They're mm -hmm. minors. Right. Like you can't you know, put that stuff out there publicly. I think one article they, they gave like initials of someone mm – -hmm. Um, because they did obviously determine who it was that had made yes. those statements. Yeah. And now that person's facing legal action. Um, but it, you can, uh, yeah, I think I said in my video, you can't unring that bell. Yeah. Like that girl right. spent 11 days 11 in a juvenile days. detention center. And the system that's supposed to protect her and look out for her is the very system that aided her bully in doing it. Right. And yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's, uh, uh, I can't even like wrap my head around it to be honest so neither can i and it's just it's very upsetting when you see story and you see stories like that all the time is there any kind of um success like have you put out some of these videos where it was either a call to action or some kind of scenario where you saw justice or um success in a situation uh sure i mean i guess it, it depends on your uh definition of those things but yeah i would say so um you know, like I said, I speak out about a lot of things and a lot of my stuff is like looking at like a news story or something like that and, and, you know, presenting it so that it gets more attention from mm -hmm. people or, you know, trying to combat misinformation. But something that's come out of this as well is, you know, as I grew a bigger following, people would reach out to me with situations that had happened, usually things that were caught on video. Mm -hmm. You know, someone uh, ran up to them in a parking lot and screamed racial slurs and punched them in the face. And the police are like, well, we don't know who they are. So, I mean, if you can find out who it is, you know, we could do something. Right, yeah. And then that gets sent to me. And the way I look at it is this. Um, I kind of consider the internet uh, like one giant small town. <laughs> what I mean by that is, uh, you know, in a small town, if you do something terrible, everyone knows about mm -hmm. it. Everyone knows your business, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the expression is bad gas travels fast in a small town. Hmm. Um you know, we in, in places where we're in bigger cities or they, you know, even in New York, you can walk down the street and pass literally thousands of people who never even noticed you or acknowledged you in yeah. any way. Yet uh, the Internet kind of becomes this equalizer where when you put something like someone does something on video and it goes on the Internet, 
all of the sudden, I mean, I'm in Florida and someone in Alaska can see or someone in another mm-hmm. country yeah. can see and go, uh, that's that's Joe. Right. I know. Joe. Yeah. Um, so as a result, people, you know, as I started doing stuff like that and sort of like finding people, like having them identified and things happening, I would have I have more and more people send me things. Wow. And, and one example, I had someone reach out to me because they saw someone who was posting online through Instagram offering um, COVID-19 vaccine, false vaccine information. Like mm-hmm. you can look like you were vaccinated even if you weren't. Wow. And I, I get a ton of that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, this person's selling COVID-19 cards and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's if it's a printed out card, it, there's so many people. It's just, it's there's almost nothing you can do about yeah. it. Sort of thing. It's it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. The thing that stuck about it this uh, stuck out about this situation is when they sent me stuff and I looked at it. This person was saying uh, that if you're in New York, you'll be filed in the system. Like you know, they have an app and so forth that shows the database that you've mm-hmm. been vaccinated. And this person was offering that even if you had not been vaccinated. And I was like, well, that sounds significantly more advanced that mm-hmm. sounds like mm-hmm. you know they're having access to like the lot numbers yeah to the vaccines or something like that and then lo and behold like a week later uh, this person says did you see what they just posted again you know i was kind of like looking at them and trying to determine and they had a post saying you know overwhelmed with orders from everyone you know please be patient and also if you work at a facility where you have access to a computer and you guys do vaccines hit me up i have an opportunity for you to make money hmm. And that read to me like, oh, so they're looking for people to falsely enter people yes. into the system as if they've been vaccinated and have not. So I simply created a, a you know a burner phone number, wow, and a burner you know Instagram account, wow. and reached out and said, yeah, I work at a Walgreens, huh? And they immediately sent me their phone number. Wow. I texted. And was like, you know, what do you need? And it was exactly what I thought. Uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're looking mm-hmm. for people to enter. I'm going to send you names and all the info you need. Enter it in the system. Like this person just sat here and got vaccine shots. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'll pay you. And I was like, well, how much are you paying? And they're like, I, we've been paying, you know, the other person they have already doing this, paying them $100 a person, and I'm making them 10K a week. Oh, my God. And I was like, that's... That is a, and, and this is right when we were getting the information about breakthrough cases yeah. with a vaccine. And when you know something like that is happening, yeah. obviously there are breakthrough cases. Mm-hmm. But that also fudges that data. Wow. Because I, you know yes. a person who goes to the hospital who in the system appears vaccinated mm-hmm. and they have if they have COVID, especially if they're having severe reactions to COVID, yeah. it looks like the vaccine is failing them. And well, yet they were Jesus. never vaccinated. That's a huge factor. And you know what? I mean, I don't like hearing any of this, but it makes me feel a little bit better because I am really vaccinated. So, you know, the breakthroughs have been scaring me. So, yeah. And and, and look, the breakthroughs are reality and that's something we have to deal with. It it stinks when you have something like this and it feels like, oh, it can't be that big. I mean, it's got to be such a small impact. But then when you hear something like $10,000, a hundred bucks a head and you're making 10 grand and you need more people. So, Anyway, I, I reached out uh, through some friends uh, to the FBI and presented the information to them. There was some other stuff. And about I, I was in a situation where I, I felt like I needed to release the video because I, I hadn't heard back from some people. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to release the video just to kind of hopefully stop this from happening because mm-hmm. that was my big concern. Like every day that goes by, how yes. many people like the cracks sort of thing. Um, so I did release a video. 
And then I'm going to say two weeks later, uh, the New York attorney general brought charges against that person I was talking to along with the nurse who was entering uh, people into the system. They ended up finding, I think it was either 13 or 15 frontline workers Mm. had been recipients of this. So they're working in direct contact with people who would be at risk because they're in hospitals or at nursing homes, et cetera, looking like they're vaccinated when they're not. Yeah. Um, And that all came down. And then, Next thing I know, I'm getting calls from like New York Times and Rolling Stone <laughs> going, um, you had the scoop on this two weeks ago. Yeah. How did you know this was going on? And I was like, well, someone on the Internet reached out to me and told me. Mm-hmm. And I just literally went and followed up and contacted mm-hmm. this person. So a situation like that or another a quick example, there was a, a person who was macing people <gasps> in California, uh, mainly homeless people, and he was live streaming it. Oh, my God. Uh, he, he was getting on live stream. And doing this thing where he would force an altercation where he'd just basically start verbally harassing someone. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they, you know, went to stand up for themselves in any way, he was spraying them with pepper spray. And he had, you know, all these people in his live streams encouraging him. Wow. And so I made one video about it because he did it uh, to a black gentleman and then ran into a grocery store and started claiming that that man had pulled a gun on him and to call police. And I was like, you know, that's how you get somebody killed. Mm-hmm. Police show up thinking they have a guy who's mm-hmm. going crazy with a gun and someone had to spray him with pepper spray. This guy's not even armed. Yeah. And, you know, this can lead to a lot of, you know, this could go terribly wrong. Yes. Um, and when I, I posted it initially and then the guy continued, uh, he was doing it. He like escalated is the best way wow. I can put it. He started doing more of those live streams and getting more interaction. And then I saw his behavior escalate escalating where he was like chasing someone with a chair, screaming that he was going to kill them. And I was like, this, the problem was if when I searched the guy, I can find the guy, I can mm-hmm. find his online presence because he, because he's a streamer, he had a lot of online presence, mm-hmm. but that was all his fake username and that oh, right, I, yeah. you know, I needed to know like, who is this person? This is just the online persona uh, and made those videos. And I had people reach out to me that knew him personally. Hmm. And give me that information. I was able to reach out to authorities. I had FBI agents come to my door and say, hey, let's get all this information. Gave it. And that person was arrested. And there's a, you know, um, a trial pending in that case. Wow. But at the very least, since that arrest, been no live streams of him macing anyone. That's amazing. So, I mean, you know, it's funny because I've seen, like I said, I've seen your account and I've seen other, um, you know, videos out there whether it's a Karen screaming at someone and sometimes it's just about you know like for instance the one that pops in my head there was some jerk at a, at a yogurt shop who was yelling at some girls and he threw I think he threw his yogurt at them and said some terrible things and it's like you were talking about somebody out there recognized who he was his identity came out and I guess he worked for I think it was Merrill Lynch or something like that he and did, yep. yeah immediately followed fired him so, uh, yeah. it, it, you know, it's it sucks that we're living in this day and age um, where technology can come back and bite us on the ass in so many ways. But in this particular way, it's obviously great because, you know, I mean, I remember I think it was 2018. I was driving and just in, in my neighborhood and I live in Maryland and I saw there was all, there were all these people 
and there was a black man and he was um i'm trying to it was kind of like an island you know it was it was in a parking lot and there was kind of like an island between where the gar the cars were going in to the parking lot and leaving so this gotcha. black the black man was like on this island and there was like probably five or six and i believe they were all white but i can't remember five or six police officers and the the black man was they were holding him down and they were like i said there was all these people and all these people had their cell phones and so i got out of the car and i had my cell phone and i didn't know what was happening and what i had heard there was a woman who told me evidently this this man that they had i guess stole something or they you know they were accusing him of, of stealing and so he was he i think he was high he was drunk or high and he was kind of arguing with them. And this woman and I who were recording the whole thing were yelling at him to just stop arguing with the cops. Just, you know, let them do what they need to do because they weren't hurting him or anything. But I was standing there with my phone and I was thinking, number one, you know, I mean, I hope I don't witness something awful. And but number two, we are policing the police now. And, right. you know, I found out because I had just moved here. I was, I had come from California. I originally am from Maryland, but I came back here. So anyway, uh, I had explained what happened to my mom and she had told me at the county that I live in, I guess, has some really good, has a great reputation of not, you know, going to violence first. So, but, you know, I couldn't help but think that the 40 or 50 people who were surrounding us with phones had an impact on what those officers did. Now, I'm not saying they would have been horrible in the first place. I don't know. But I know right. that when, you, when you're being watched and when there is, you know, when you know people are paying attention, you're going to behave in a certain way. And so I think what you're doing is you're kind of, you know, you're, you're that eye. You're like, you're like one of those cameras. And it's, well, it I, makes I think, a big difference. I think difference. I give, you know, I, again, I don't think I do anything special, particularly myself. But I have a lot of great, wonderful people who pay attention to stuff I post, let's say that. Um, and so I'm in a position where something that one person saw and recorded right. can now get Be thousands, yeah. if not millions of eyeballs. But that is something that you're doing, and it is important because you could choose not to. you know. Well, and, I, the prime example is uh, Derek Chauvin is in prison right now. Yeah. That, right, and would exactly. would not be yeah. if someone hadn't pulled out a cell phone and recorded what happened to George Floyd. Yes, you know, that's the situation. That's the reality without that is the key linchpin mm -hmm. that caused that all to go down. If that video did not exist, almost certainly he would not have been convicted. Yeah. And that's if we would have even ever heard of it about yeah. how that had gone down in the first place. Yeah. It so may not true. have even been a national story without that. Yeah. So, so it's just um, so, important. so I see a lot of people do that and I encourage people, you know, to do that because you just never know mm -hmm. what, what, you might get that could help you in a situation, especially if someone does something towards you exactly. getting someone. I mean, the only thing I don't understand is how we live in this day and age and any person, no matter how angry they are, no matter how filled with hate they are, sees a phone come up and point right. at them and, yes. and continues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's freaking crazy. You know, we're going to take a real quick break and then we'll be right back. Hey there, it's Kimberly. If you'd like to support the Start Me Up podcast, just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. You'll see all the different tiers. You can make your choice and you will have my undying gratitude. Thank you so much. And we're back. And you know what? Before we get into the politics part, I did see a story that you posted that was positive. And I just want you to tell it. It was about the uh, gentleman who was like in Starbucks and 
and the man behind him was going to give him like a free lunch or something. Sure, sure. Uh, and, and, you know, that's part of that is the fact that I I see a lot of terrible things yes, because of the nature do. of what yeah, I do. I'm sure you do. And yeah. I have people then send me these terrible things. And obviously there are things that need attention and need exposure. And, and that's part of it. But I've even I've had people who love what I do, for lack of a better expression, and who have reached out to me and said, I, I just wanted you to know, I didn't want you to notice that I unfollowed you and think that I was mad at you in some way. I just need a break for my own mental health. Yeah. And I encourage people to take that break. <laughs> yeah. Because it can be extremely overwhelming. Right. And something, especially going into this new year, that I'm really trying to focus on is also finding stuff that I would call, especially random acts of kindness, mm -hmm. and really putting that out there for people to be able to see, to go like, you know, all hope is not lost. Like yeah. there are still, I know it looks like there's I just know. nothing but terrible people in the world. Yeah. And that's not the case there. I, I genuinely believe there's more good people than terrible people. Mm -hmm. um, the, the story you're talking about was a, a man who was at a Starbucks. I think he was in a target and there was a gentleman in front of him that he thought was just in line. And then the guy was asking for water and he, he was homeless mm -hmm. and he was just asking for a free cup of water because he was thirsty. And that guy said, no, do you want anything else? What do you want? You want a coffee? You want a tea? What do you want there? How about you get some food too? And the guy did, and the guy became pretty emotional and was like, "Man, no one ever does anything like this. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much." This guy just wanted, you know, something to eat and drink, and he was willing to settle for a free cup of water. Now, the person recording that, their only motivation was help him, and then I think their motivation from recording, based on the way they responded and reacted to him, was really about like, "Hey, maybe I can show people this, and they'll take an opportunity to do the same." Like just take a moment to help someone out. Mm -hmm. What they couldn't even have conceived would happen was someone saw that video that was a distant relative, I believe, of that man. And that man had been basically missing from the family for years. Mm -hmm. um, he has autism. He had moved, I believe it was from Virginia to New York, and they had lost all contact with him. They didn't even know if he was still alive. And then here he is in this video. And thanks to that video, they have a good idea of the area that he's that he was in mm -hmm. and where he was and as I heard it were making strides to make contact with him and that's just I mean somebody just saw someone who needed something to drink mm -hmm. and something to eat made a video hoping to inspire others to just do that yeah. and may have reconnected this person with their family that's I, I mean so the, the ripple effect of that is yeah. astonishing yeah that's amazing and I, I watched that video and it, it was just so sweet. And, you know, I mean, you think about it. I, I hope that he gets reunited with his family. I mean, because I, when I was watching that, I was thinking, and I've done this before, because, you know, a lot of us have bought lunch for people or bought meals for people that needed it or helped them out. But I always think in terms of, like, I can only help them out today. You know, right. I mean, tomorrow they've got issues tomorrow so this would be great if he could find his family and it's like I do appreciate I, I mean I have to say I appreciate what you do it takes a lot of courage and I don't just mean courage that you know you're going to deal with the death th threats you get but it's just it takes a lot of courage to be consistent in kind of like you know holding holding the appropriate uh, uh, people accountable uh, pointing out what is important it, it takes a lot it's a, it's a lot to do and obviously you have you know um spent a lot of your personal time doing this which that so that's so why I go back to you are doing something maybe you're not you know they're recording the event but you're taking time out of your personal schedule to help people and god 
uh, that's so important. And, you know, it's, it's so difficult right now because, as you were saying, you know, the news is so bad all the time. And so many of us believed that when Joe Biden won, whether we were all gung-ho about him or not, that things would kind of calm down. We were expecting, you know, COVID to calm down. We were expecting... Or at the very least, hoping. Yes, you hoping. Know, even if we didn't... Even if we thought it was a long shot, we really were crossing fingers. For it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think many of us, I mean, we completely understood that the GOP, you know, went off the rails backing Trump. But I think... Even Republicans were figuring that that was going to die down and that things were going to not necessarily get back to where they were, but at least to a place where we all recognized it. <laughs> that didn't happen. And, you know, we're dealing with white supremacy and we're dealing with neo-Nazis. And on top of it, aside from COVID, aside from all of the other stuff, from the crazy behavior of the Republican Party banning books and putting, oh, we're going to talk about the LGBT. Oh, my God, there's so many horrible things. Um yeah. Now we're dealing with a potential World War III. And that's what's really scaring me because I, I think that I posted this too. There's a lot of people on Twitter who like to, you know, they like to just share their opinions. I mean, of course, I'm one of them. But, uh, peop, you know, if you post something like I, I'm, I'm worried about, a, you know, nuclear attack, people say, oh, he's not going to do that. You know what? You don't get to decide what Putin's going to do. Nobody knows what this fucking madman is going to do. And, you know, I don't, I mean, we, we all can take guesses. We all can try to figure it out. And I will be asking you some questions about it. But again, it's, it's going to be from your point of view as opposed to do I, I, I know you're not an expert. I know you're not, a, you know, a psychic who's just, I just know exactly where things are going. But it, it just, we're in this really terrible state right now. And so um, I'm just wondering with you, what like because all of us have our own version of what scares us our thoughts our fears our concerns where this is what are your fears and concerns specifically about this this uh invasion well i mean i think part of it was i was a i guess i was leaning toward and maybe it's just because i try to be a very positive person um I'm, but I'm a Gemini. So I'm like, uh, I'm I'm literally an introvert and an extrovert at the same time, which is the worst thing ever. So I have this part of me that's like, I have to have a voice and stand up in the room and have the other part of me that's like people. So I'm also that way when it comes to like being positive and negative, Mm -hmm. like half full, half empty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I could go either way. Me too. So I think, I think with certain things like that situation, I was surprised how many people were saying like, nothing's going to happen. Everything's going right. to be cool. Yeah. And maybe it was just my default setting went like, I feel like if Putin can do some stupid shit, he's going to do some stupid shit. That's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, I wasn't, sh- I mean, he's been posturing, he's been mm-hmm. positioning, this has been coming. Mm-hmm. And yet it's still last night when that news bulletin hits my phone. I know. I still went, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I made a quick post that I put on TikTok and it was, I, I was exhausted. I made the post and I went to bed <laughs> because I was just like, this is just, it's just one more thing. Mm-hmm. And yesterday was a, was a, you know, the day that came out, that was a bad news day in general. Yes, there was it a was. bunch of things that happened. Yeah. And it was like, it was just, I mean, I can't even say it was like the, the, the bad icing on the cake. It was right. like the umpteenth nail in a coffin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people, feel that way it just feels like well you know when when 2020 was happening everyone's like that you know 
2021, bail us out. And then 2021 mm-hmm. was its own dumpster fire. <laughs> right. And so by the time 2022 was rolling around, I was like, guys, don't say anything about 2022. <laughs> no, just shut let's, up. Just, let's just maybe like, don't make eye contact with 2022. <laughs> know, let's totally. try and let it, let's just hope for the best here. <laughs> I know that's like, and I here we are. And it's like, oh, great. Yeah. No, I, what we yeah. needed on top of a global pandemic yes. and a war on LGBTQ rights and a war on voting rights was, you know, a war, yeah. like a literal war to come along. With the, um, one of the so scariest yeah. people in the world. Putin is, you know, I mean, my listeners know this. I lived in Soviet Russia when I was 12, and he is a Soviet, so that's some scary shit. That is some scary yeah. shit, and, you know, I mean, I know nobody expects the United States to turn into Soviet Russia. That's not the point. The point is there is a mindset of the Soviet and Putin has it, and it's really fucking dangerous. And I mean, I, I know that people understand that. I know people right. understand I mean, that he's dangerous. Look, the, the thing that's scary about Putin is that he has that mindset, but also that he is brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's not an idiot. Right. He's not a he Trump. He's intellectually yeah. very strong. Yeah. Um, and also feels very comfortable and confident. To, like, we, we've seen stuff that used to just be part of movies in the 80s mm-hmm. come out of him. Yes. Like, oh, here's here's an uh, you know someone who's running against him and then uh, gets this crazy like yeah. poisoning attack. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's some stuff out of like a James Bond film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it happened for real. And this guy will go on camera the next day like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything's right. fine. And, and the fact that he's so comfortable mm-hmm. in doing the things that he wants to do because he wants to do them is kind of terrifying and yeah. it's extra terrifying when you have the former sitting president in an interview mm-hmm. saying like he's a he's a genius i love what he's doing you <laughs> see this and then he's he's ruling with peace with tanks yeah. and that's you're going to get a lot of peace with those tanks <sighs> what are you uh, are we all on crazy pills what are you talking about <laughs> So, yeah, it, it, the whole thing just becomes – I'm not – there's tons of people who feel completely overwhelmed, and that is 100% valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's that's probably my biggest takeaway. Like, look, you probably feel like this is too much, and you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's like kind of by design. And, and you know, I mean, if I'm going to get – there is a quote by Shannon Watts. She said, Russia infiltrated the NRA, our nation's most deadly special interest. They commandeered Fox News, our nation's most prolific disinformation source. And they made assets out of assets out of <laughs> maybe assets. They made assets out of politicians, including the former president, who now uh, pose one of the biggest threats to our democracy. So, yeah, I mean, for we know that Russia specifically and I'm sure there's other foreign adversaries who have done this, but specifically we know they have attacked our social media. They've used our social media against us. I saw it happening in real time in 2016. Didn't realize that it was happening, but I, you know, and I've told this story a million times, so I'm just going to be as brief as I can, but I supported Bernie Sanders in the primary. I ultimately enthusiastically voted for Hillary Clinton, so I don't want to hear anything from anybody. But um, when I was on, when I was in these groups, these Bernie Sanders groups on Facebook, everybody was all love, love, love. And like, if you even said something mean about Hillary, everybody would come after you and say, no, we're not here to attack her. We're here to, you know, push him up and, 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 you know, talk him up. And it was around April of 2016. All of that changed. It became a Hillary hate fest. It was Mm -hmm. 
so dark and you know I mean I got sucked into it to a degree not that I fully bought that shit I I I recognized some of those posts were ridiculous and just from people who hated Hillary but you know occasionally there were times like the one that I specifically remember was 9-11 when she passed out or when she almost passed out and there all of a sudden in all of these groups there were questions about her identity. Was that really, you know, is it really her? She passed out, but but then I guess she was outside a half, a, a half hour later. And so was right. that really her? And and I wondered, you know, I mean, I was looking at the pictures that there was like, it's not her. See, her eyes are different. And, and I'm looking at it and it was planting seeds of doubt, but I never fully mm-hmm. bought into it. And then eventually, um, you know, when Bernie lost and she became the nominee, Again, it was an enthusiastic vote, but it was especially enthusiastic after I watched, I think it was the PBS um, special about her and Trump. And there were things I had learned about her that I didn't know, and I was so impressed with her. So, But the idea here is that Russia was attacking us and dividing us, and, and then it came out, I don't remember the year, 2017, 2018, whatever, came out that uh, Russia was playing both sides of the vaccine debate, they were playing both sides of Black Lives Matter. So mm-hmm. they're pitting us against ourselves. It, and, and that's the thing that I think the most people don't haven't grasped about that yes. whole situation. You know, we have clear cut evidence that they tried to influence our election mm-hmm. in 2016 mm-hmm. through social media, especially places like Facebook. Mm-hmm. So people hear that. And because Trump won, they go, OK, so they made a bunch of bot accounts that supported Trump. It wasn't just that. No, no, yeah. They made bot more. accounts that were in those Bernie groups mm-hmm. going, Hillary's this, this is mm-hmm. disgusting. Mm-hmm. They did with, with Black Lives Matter and those protests, they set up a ton of Antifa groups, yeah. not just like accounts, yes, but groups, groups on yeah. Facebook. There was that stuff going around. It was an Antifa flyer, like we're meeting here in the state. Be sure to bring your bricks, stuff like that. Wow. And people are going, see, Antifa's arming themselves mm-hmm. to attack. Mm-hmm. And then you go to this group, and if you do any digging, you go, this came from here. Mm-hmm. It was literally manufactured from a fake Antifa group that then these fake, you know, uh, proud boy related white nationalist groups helped push to the people they knew would run with it. Yeah. And that was the thing. They're working, they're playing both sides against the middle. And just because all they care about, and this is what people need to realize, because people go, like, why does Russia care? Yeah. about our election. It wasn't even about necessarily how much they care about our election or how much they care about the Black Lives Matter. It's not like, I don't think their intent was, we hate black people, right? so we want to stop black lives. No, what they wanted was infighting. Mm-hmm. They wanted mm-hmm. us to, they just want disruption. They want to cause confusion and distraction so that we're busy dealing with this while they do whatever they do because yeah. we're a superpower And if they can cause us to be weakened in any way and having the people within a superpower just confused and angry absolutely does that in a major way. Yes, it's very successful. Yeah, it's very successful. And it is it's so maddening because people are falling for it on top of it. I, you know, I mean, I can't prove anything and I don't have I don't have the proof, but and I'm not naming names, but I think anybody who's listening might understand who I'm talking about. Uh, the only name I will name is somebody like Candace Owens, but there are people on the left who do it, too. So, like, for instance, there was a prominent person who was a Democrat um, praising first praising Hillary, then praising Bernie. And when Bernie didn't win, 
or I'm sorry, let, let's go back. It was 2020 and this person was totally backing Elizabeth Warren. First, okay. I think they backed Bernie. And then when she, when she was clear, wasn't she wasn't going to be the nom. It was Biden and everyone was lining up behind Biden. Um, this particular person just dropped her, dropped her so quickly and like became hateful toward the democratic party. Hateful. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically saying things like, you know, or, or I should say back, I'd say in 2016, warning everybody about Russian interference. And then in 2020 saying all horrible things about the democratic party coming from a far leftist's point of view and talking points that kind of line up with Fox news. And it makes me wonder, are, are, are these people being paid by Russians and not even realizing it because Russians could literally set up you know, this, this bullshit, you know, uh, progressive party group or whatever. And, you know, they'll say, hey, if you just repeat our talking points, we'll give you money. And, you know, we're progressive. And so these people get fooled. And, no, I'm, you know, I don't know. And, and I don't, I can't, I'm not going to say any names to this one particular person. But again, I think anybody who pays attention knows who I'm talking about, who's a political junkie on Twitter. But it's like it wouldn't surprise me to find out that Russia is basically pretending to be progressive groups or even mega groups. But does you know what's the difference anymore between the two of those? But pretending to be progressives and who you know who are so anti uh, the corporate Democrat and all you know all those catchphrases and and you know shit that we're hearing from them and paying sure. them. I I would not be surprised at all that that would be the case. And no, well, it, well let's put it this way. I would say almost certainly that is the case with with you know, some sort of Russian yeah. operatives, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. But that's also true of members of say the GOP. Yes, and it, is. it is. That then do the wolves and sheep clothing thing and set themselves up as progressive groups. Yes, I just posted do. a video right. the other day about this guy, Matt Walsh, who said oh. this thing that pretends to be like, it looks like he's doing this very positive thing for trans youth. And him. he's asking for trans youth to be part of a documentary and he set up this organization. If you go to his website, it looks like this is this is to help. And he everything he's ever done is all about being anti-trans. Mm-hmm. And you know he's trying to get – I mean there's no other way to paint it other mm-hmm. than he's trying to get trans youth to do interviews for a documentary mm-hmm. that he can then take their words and use it against them yes. to push his own agenda. Of course. Such a and I've seen this from all kinds of things. I, you know, There's some organizations that I work with. Uh, now to, to get out like petitions for causes and things like that and talking to some of the people behind that I had a conversation at one point with, with one of them saying like you know when I look at Candace Owen or the Hodge twins oh God, you know, yeah. people that I was like it feels like monetarily yes there's a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. here and their response was if you did what you did with your following but were conservative oh my god you'd be you'd be making seven eight figures you would you would that's that was their response. Like there is so much. These super PACs would throw cash at you yes. like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, uh, you know, I always look at like any organization or petition that I'm like being a part of. I kind of look under the hood because, you know, the reality is when you're looking at these things, you have all these groups coming at you. I've found ones where I'm like, wait a minute, you're not. Yeah, you know, this mm-hmm. this looks this little thing mm-hmm. you handed me looks progressive. But yeah. your organization is not right. Yeah. You're the opposite. You're trying to, I don't know what your end game was here, but I'm not promoting this. Yeah. 
Like you, you know, and, and Hey, it was a situation where you can do this or mm-hmm. you cannot. but they were clearly trying to target and came mm-hmm. to me because of the kind of following that I have. Mm-hmm. That was who they were trying to target wow. and get involved and do these things where you pull someone in and go, aren't you? I mean, you, you saw, uh, when Bernie, uh, lost the primaries in 2016 you saw there were people who were bernie supporters mm-hmm. who shifted and supported trump immediately yeah there were no, and, yeah, and they, it, they were yeah. sold on well i liked bernie because he wasn't part of the same thing and mm-hmm. now the only one left who wasn't part of the same thing is mm-hmm. donald trump as if those two are in any way even remotely close to being the same person i know and the funny thing is bernie was in congress forever so or he's been in the senate right. forever so it's not like he was some businessman like trump who just walked right. in um, yeah, exactly. And and there was one guy, God, what's his name? I'll think of it in a minute. But um, he was, I've talked about him on the show before. He was a huge, he was one of those that I saw in the groups all the time. And I'll remember his name hopefully in a minute. But he was constantly saying that Hillary was going to get indicted. Hillary was going to get indicted. And I remember one time I asked him specifically, I was like, do you have proof of this? And of course, oh, H.A. Goodman. That was his name. And so I don't know how long it took, but he was like a a Bernie fanatic, like obsessive. And he was writing for everything, Salon, HuffPost, all of the, you know, notable, not progressive, but, you know, just not right wing sites. And now he's literally H.A. Goodman for Trump. So, yeah, I mean, and I mean, the guy even looks freaking Russian. I I don't know if he is Russian, but it's like, you know, (laughs) there was the the guy uh, and I think he did he shoot a a congressperson, something like that. And I I remember this incident where this happened and then it came out and and Fox was like, and he's a Bernie supporter. And they found these like his tweets supporting Bernie. Hmm. So I was like, wow, that that really seems off brand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I go and look. Yeah, he was a Bernie supporter three and a half years ago, mm-hmm. all of his tweets in the last eight months have been pro-Trump. Right, yeah. And, and so, you could watch yeah. the, the escalation of him becoming angrier and angrier and more like making violent statements and all these things that were not in any of his posts back when he was a Bernie supporter. Mm-hmm. So he was someone who felt like he didn't get what he had wanted right. and then got tricked over to another side and then got indoctrinated yeah. and then became completely out of control to the point that he literally tried to kill a human being right thinking that he was serving some greater good yeah and i mean the the bernie support like i i like to say bernie supporters and bernie bros because the bros are not the supporters you know i was a bernie supporter i love and i still do i love his idea of america and then you know uh, Elizabeth Warren came along and she basically had the same idea. I think she's a little bit better at getting shit done. And so she was my candidate. And it wasn't about the person so much. I mean, although I have to say absolutely adore, I think Elizabeth Warren is just a beautiful woman all the way around. But it, it's really not about her. It's about her politics and, and her vision for this country. Yes. And it's like, I, I think with, it's funny because I actually met Bernie and I met him in 2015 at Netroots, and my girlfriend and I were trying to get him to support the Equal Rights Amendment. And so he walked in. We were all having lunch. There was a group of us having lunch, and he walked into this place, and I guess he went to the back of the restaurant, and my girlfriend and I were like, oh, my God, oh, my God, there he is. Can Should we get to him? Should we get to him? And so we decided as he was leaving, because I guess he didn't stay for lunch, we, we went over to him, and we asked him as he was just kind of walking by us. We're like, do you support the Equal Rights Amendment? And he he kind of just waved at us and said, sure. 
And she said, do you think that's enough? And I'm like, I don't think it's enough. Because we had somebody who could make memes for us. You know, like, can we say Bernie's supporting? And it's like, no, that's really not enough. But he, his whole demeanor around us was he didn't want to be bothered. He, you know, he was Bernie. He just had that, leave me alone. I want to have lunch. And, you know, and it was like, he, he wasn't this warm fuzzy, but I, I supported him. So it's, it's not the person per se. I think, you know, we yeah. get so caught up in this cult of personality and, you know, and, and then like you well, said, and, and, and the fact we also have a tendency to forget that, that these people are all human beings. Yeah. And they get sick and tired of a million people. other things. <laughs> they get sick and tired of women r- rushing them. But I mean, they are politicians, so they should be used to it. But still, you know, it's like I'm not going to let the fact that he was he wasn't a jerk to us. He just was he didn't want to be bothered. He just wanted to eat his lunch. And I can totally understand that. But, you know, I, I you know, and then, of course, and, if, and he's and he's also probably someone who gets set up like, like people will do. All the time, we'll probably try and set him up too, yeah. right? Like, hey, you support like the blah, right. blah, blah, right? And he's like, yeah. And then they're like, yeah, but you. And then they try and hit him with something. So he probably, if I was him, I'd be on guard and expect everyone is yeah. trying to pull some sort of shenanigans <laughs> and, and put, paint me into some corner. So, I, I mean, yeah, I kind of feel like I would be beyond jaded. I have people go like, oh, I hope you run uh, for office someday. Don't wish that horror on me. I don't want that. And you don't want me in office. I'm not good for that. I do this thing. Yeah. I'm I'm not the other thing. You know, it's yeah. funny too, and there's that, that idea that we're supposed to like blindly support. You know, anyone who mm-hmm. hears my stuff will go like, oh, you're, you're leftist or you're liberal or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. corner they want to paint me into. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fine. Um, and yet I was like, I was in a situation I was traveling for work. I was in an airport and I looked up and Nancy Pelosi walked by me. She was in the same state. Uh, I believe a, a dear family friend had passed and she was there for a funeral. And then uh, someone was like, oh, aren't you going to go, man, you want to go talk to her? And I was like, what, to hand her a list of grievances? <laughs> I was like, I mean, do you think I, I worship that person for some reason? Because that's the conversation. If I'm forced to have a conversation, that's the conversation I'm going to have. <laughs> Not, and the same thing, like when people go like, oh, uh, Joe Biden just did it. I was like, hey, I, I could, I'm happy to tell you who I voted for. Mm-hmm. That's the reason I'm going to be extra critical. Right. Well, and it's, yeah, it's important for, for us to be critical. Yeah. And I mean, I think right now we're dealing with it's basically Nazis versus Democrats. And I'm going to try to, uh, you know, put aside some of my... I guess my pet things, you know, like for instance, the ERA is still not in the constitution and it should be, it was all 38 states have ratified it, but it's to me right now, even though there are people out there fighting for it very specifically, and I'm grateful that they're doing it, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the attention that I put onto things, it's like, well, I would right now, if, if we're unable to save this country, none of that's going to matter. So right now the priority for me is that we win in November because I don't know what's going to happen with Ukraine and this could be a years long thing and it'll be horrible, but we have to preserve our democracy. And so all of these, I mean, it's not to discount anybody's pet issues because our, you know, we all have different pet issues and they all equal up to the things that we need. And I have, I have done, you know, my fair share of criticizing the Democratic Party and specific people in the Democratic Party when I think they could be doing better. And, you know, and and it's, I mean, I'm, I'm a diehard Democrat, 
But that doesn't mean that, like you said, it's like just because somebody's a Democrat doesn't mean I think, oh, they're great. I mean, just look at Joe Manchin. <laughs> he's a Democrat and he's not doing great for things for this country. So, um, yeah, I think it's and, extremely and it's, in, it's unfortunate that we live in a country, you know, a lot of people don't realize if you uh, the what is it? Forty six percent. Last time I checked, I think of registered voters are registered independent. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which is more than Democrat yes. or Republican alone. Yes. And yet, like I live in a state where uh, if you're independent, you have no say in the primaries. Wow. And, you know, that varies. But, you know, that kind of thing tells me, on the one hand, we have people that are not, you know, our country is asking for, you know, you're telling me that this is my two options and I want more than that. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm pushed to one extreme corner or the other. And, you know, life isn't as black and white as that mm-hmm. um there's a there's an old episode of uh, the simpsons a treehouse of, of horror or terror that they do at, around halloween where uh these aliens came down and were in, uh in, it was uh what was it i think it was was it ross pro and clinton i can't remember who it was the two candidates mm-hmm. at the time um but the aliens had killed them and taken over their bodies and homer discovers this and he reveals this the night before the election and exposes them for what they are and then the aliens response was uh well, it, it doesn't matter. Yours is a two-party system. You have to vote for one of us. And then a guy in the crowd yells out, we could vote for a third-party candidate, to which the alien responds, go ahead, throw your vote away. And I hate that that joke is true. <laughs> like, well, it is. But that, it... Is, that is our reality right now. Yeah. And it's something that I hope, I would love if in my lifetime... I could see change. The fact that we uh, as a government and a society believe that there are only two choices is ludicrous. Mm -hmm. And registered voters tell us that is not what the masses believe. Well, and then I mean, you know, I mean, the other side of that coin is let's say we, okay, we could have a third party. But the thing is, is that third party has yet to create itself. And it would, if there was a, if there were a group of people because, and, and I'm not saying it would be easy because we have a two-party system and it's been that way forever and it would really be difficult to change that over. But if it's going to happen, the time would be now because the Republican Party is, I don't know, what the fuck. They are, uh, they're not dead. They're just changing and they're going over into fascism. But, right. um, you know, and, and, and there could be a thing that that happens in the future where we have a progressive party and then we have a, 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 Democrat, a Democratic Party that's, you know, the conservative party. And, and that could happen. Right. Um, but if we, I mean, we're in a situation right now where we have some people, some people who matter and who, who have some intelligence and understand things, who are having very real conversations about whether or not our country is going to remain a country or mm-hmm. not. Going like, hey, I feel like we're going to split into like three mm-hmm. or four. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, you know, people talk about the American experiment. We are like, this is nothing has ever existed like this no. in mankind to this size, to this scope. This is something that we have to figure out as we go along and yeah. we have to evolve and adapt to. I mean, there's a reality with, with social media and some of the problems that we've even discussed here today about social media. You know, one of the issues that happens on social media that we we talked about, you know, when you have these extreme views or this misinformation getting out there, uh, social media is designed to um, feed into dangerous tribalism. Yes, absolutely. The algorithms are designed in such a way 
that it wants to show you what you want to see and mm-hmm. not show you what you don't want to see because it's looking at it from this robotic perspective mm-hmm. of we just want you to stay on. That's good yeah. for us. Right. It doesn't realize that when you really get that algorithm working well, you have people who realize who start thinking their opinion is is the only one that is true. Mm-hmm. If you are kind of on the fence about vaccines and you hear someone saying the vaccines are good and that annoys you and you it uninterested. Mm-hmm. And you have someone else going, that's vaccine is terrible because X, Y, and Z. And you're like, see, that makes sense to me. And you mm-hmm. say, I like this. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon you get to a point where you only hear only the opinion hear. that is yeah. about the bad vaccine. And what it leads to is what we've seen. People who will genuinely look into a camera and say, mm-hmm. there is no way possible that Donald Trump lost the election. Mm-hmm. No one was supporting Biden. Mm-hmm. And they genuinely believe that because yeah. they never saw anything else. Mm-hmm. And I saw an expert talking about the fact that the problem is social media is such a new thing to us as a species Yes, that we're probably another 30, 40 years away from evolving to understand yes, it. Yes, 100%. Yeah, and my, that's, that's a kind 100%. of terrifying thing. You know, and that's what allows these loopholes for mm-hmm. someone like that power, like Russia, to come in mm-hmm. and manipulate utilizing social media. Yeah. Because we haven't yet come to, you know, in theory, we'll get to a point where we can spot the bullshit. Right. I mean, is that where we evolve to? I hope so. I hope so, yeah. But I, I, I don't know what that world looks like based on what the world looks like today. Oh, shit. The world today looks pretty fucking bad. Um, the last thing I want to bring up. Um, and you had talked about this on your page. Greg Abbott has uh, directed a family and protective services to begin investigating all trans children in Texas and prosecuting their parents as child abusers. And then he's also instructed all teachers, doctors, and caregivers to begin reporting any trans students they see. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this up, obviously it's horrible, and we could talk all day long about why it's horrible, and we know it's horrible. But you had said that you imagine there's going to be a bunch of GoFundMes coming up um, and, you know, different groups arising that are going to work yep. to combat this and, yep. you know, that you'll be talking about. And I just want you to kind of talk about that and, and, and what you plan to do in order, you know, to take this on yourself, which obviously you're a, a lone citizen, you're a concerned citizen right. who is doing their part and, you know, you're you may not be able to stop Greg, Greg Abbott from doing this per se, but you will maybe be a, a part in taking this whole thing down. So what do you, you know, you, you were talking about groups and so there would be GoFundMes. What do you anticipate coming up as, re- as a result of this? Well, sure. I mean, as far as the GoFundMes are concerned, we just have already seen um, families in Texas mm-hmm. launching GoFundMes because they have trans children that are terrified. And you're like, I need to move and I can't afford to move right now. Please help me. So we were seeing that already pop up Mm -hmm. within, you know, an hour or two of this news breaking. You were seeing people doing that. And I can't imagine how horrifying that would be. And I, I, someone even posed a question to me. Do you think by putting up the GoFundMe, they're making a target of themselves? Hmm. And I was like, I feel like these people who are in that position already are. They already know. Like everyone knows my child. Like this is this is coming for me. I'm going to be mm-hmm. one of the first. Mm-hmm. And and what in America? What an absolutely mind-blowingly horrifying concept is that? Mm-hmm. That you feel like your government is coming for you and your child. I know. I know. Based on who your child is, I I can't even fathom. No. That. Um. Yeah. What I said in my video is I I kind of immediately started re- reaching out to some organizations that I. 
um, had the privilege of working with with things like petitions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this really quickly because this is a question I get asked a lot because I have been like promoting petitions and I have people who go like, do these petitions even do anything? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you know, uh, six months ago, if you'd asked me that question, I would have said probably not. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do anything. And since then, since meeting with organizations and talking to people who are behind a lot of petitions and so forth, I found out that they absolutely have uh, power and sway. And the best way that I can put it is, you know, you have a lot of politicians who are in politics for all of the kind of special interest groups and the special interest money that they can get out of it. Well, that money only comes to them if they're in office. Mm-hmm. So when you have thousands and thousands of signatures that someone puts in front of you and goes, these are your constituents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And they don't like what you're doing. And they start to genuinely fear that they might lose their position in office. That's a good that point. becomes yeah. a bigger motivator. That's a good point. And everybody should so, know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I reached out to a lot of those kinds of groups and said, like, hey, are you aware? Some of the ones I reached out to hadn't even seen the news yet. That's, hmm. I mean, it had just broken on Twitter mm-hmm. and I was like hitting people immediately. Yeah. Uh, sending, uh, you know, texts and so forth. And I know at least uh, one organization that I talked to. I mean, they were like, what? It literally wrote to me and said, what can what can we do? Hmm. And I was like, I, that's why I miss, I'm asking <laughs> you what we can do. Like, I feel lost and i'm not even the one experiencing this mm-hmm. uh i know one there, there was some talk about uh calling on the department of justice hmm. to um specifically uh, take action against governor abbott yeah. and and the good thing i have seen you know some of the organizations and some of the um, departments that would have been involved in this there's already been some in texas that have spoken out and said we will not be enforcing this but Texas is gigantic. Yes. And you have one group and one place saying that, and then you have a bunch of others uh, that are probably going to be happy to go along with that kind mm-hmm. of uh, thinking. And and I've even seen the arguments that it's a distraction. Uh, you know, there was a there was something that just broke yesterday as well about you know claims that Greg Abbott in you know instructed them to keep power uh, going to people who you know couldn't afford it because of the blackouts and so they raise up their bills and so on. So some are, are just going, Oh, this was just, this was supposed to be a distraction measure mm-hmm. and they don't really care about this. It's woefully ignorant and dangerous of us. While that could be the possibility that might be what it is. We can't just go ahead and bet on that and sit idly by. Yeah. And I've certainly seen people within the trans community. I saw one in particular who stated, you know, I love that. I see a bunch of, of cis gender people um you know spreading the word about this mm-hmm. where were you guys six months ago right and i'm like yeah no yeah. i mean i i know six months ago i was trying to do stuff but did i do something that directly no. could have helped with this i have no idea yeah I like mean, i didn't know this was coming this right. caught How me could you? off guard but some members of the trans community are saying we did well yeah, we saw this coming true. well that's because yeah i mean that's like when you deal with women who have been talking about Roe going away and everybody's right. saying, oh, it's never going to go away and it's going away. Even if they don't yeah. say goodbye Roe, they're just going to gut it and it'll effectively be gone. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something that when it's affecting you directly, um, you're, yeah. you're maybe going to be a little bit more aware of it than if it's not directly affecting you. So that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm in Florida, so I've got uh, Ron DeSantis here. Well, yeah, and you got hold all the my, you got the great guy. Texas and, and Florida are like constantly saying, "Hold my beer." Exactly, oh trying God. to outdo each other. What's it like? Do you like living in Florida now? Well, I, so I, I've grown up in Florida. Florida's like, you know, 
your home my home mm-hmm. um and i've had some conversations with people uh, uh most notably uh dave batista the, the actor is very um, big in activism and supporting things and uh i i at one point talking to him said hey man don't don't leave florida mm-hmm. like and he was like no <laughs> i'm stuck here man like i i have a feels for this place yeah but sometimes it feels overwhelming like yeah. man we are we are the uh, <laughs> we are the lesser of the of the two um <laughs> right. and i know that's not true completely yeah um because i mean if you look at the state of florida and you look at red and blue you know those places where you'll see blue are the densely populated places and there's big portions of florida that are swamp mm-hmm. and trees right yeah exactly yeah but still i mean yeah. i live in a in an area that's that's pretty conservative minded um and so i'll i'll regularly have people bump into me where i live and be like wow we really appreciate because it feels like i'm the only progressive around here and i just saw you right so um and and so yeah it's tough (laughs) there's no other way to put it it's tough uh and then to see stuff like you know someone like when ron DeSantis got elected i had voted for him and then initially out of the gate, he didn't seem that bad. And he was doing some stuff that I didn't really expect out of him that I hadn't seen out of our former governor, you know, uh, trying to clean up uh, environmental issues with the Everglades and stuff. And I was like, oh, man, maybe, you know, because he had done if no one's ever seen it. There's a Ron DeSantis campaign ad from when he ran where he does this whole like Trump thing that mm-hmm. is insane <laughs> where his wife's like my husband and our children. And he's reading a book. Oh, I saw that. Yes. Kid. It's it's like a Saturday Night mm-hmm. Live sketch, and it's his real campaign ad. Yeah. So going in, I was like, this is a, a crazy person. And then <laughs> when he started doing stuff that I went, oh, maybe he just did that to placate a, a voter base, and yeah. he's not that crazy. And then in the last you know, year and a half, two years, I was <laughs> he like, is no, that crazy. <laughs> no, yeah, he's – yeah, no, he is that thing. He's, so he's power hungry, it, yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really frustrating and you know disheartening at times, and it doesn't help when you get sent uh, horrible things right. constantly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I just I have to believe. The reality is, I was not you know raised to be uh, to think the way that I think. Mm-hmm. I was raised in a very conservative evangelical. Wow. Uh, Christian home at, at 10 years old, my mom had me picketing in front of abortion clinics. Wow. If you want to be real, like standing out there with a sign that said, if, if my mom had been for abortion, I wouldn't be here. Right. And that shit haunts me. Yeah. That I was a part of that, that, that I, if I think about it for a few seconds and think that there may have been some poor girl who was making one of the toughest decisions of her life. And she saw me. Yeah. And that wrecked her. Like I'll never, you know, forgive myself of that. Well, Even though I, mean, I was a child and yeah. had nothing. Yeah, no, you no really. Sin. I mean, you were being told what to do by your parents. But so there it was, was but there was a ton of you know. And I and I want to. I don't want to misrepresent either. Like my parents never. I never heard a racial slur in my home. I mm-hmm. never heard a homophobic slur. My parents would be very much against those things. Mm-hmm. But I was still raised in a. You know, we hate the sin and not the sinner. Right. You know, we we love them, but. Mm-hmm. Lots of butts. Yeah, lots of butts. And, and I was raised around a lot of people that were like, no, I'm not racist. You know, but, but if those people just, right. you know, I had a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I hit the first phase, which is that initial phase of being a white person who who goes like, well, I didn't realize racism still existed. I worked for a moving company and I uh, ended up, you know, early on, like after high school, I was working in a moving company and we moved people to a sundown town. 
which that was fun because yeah. we had a black gentleman on our crew and we were told, yeah, you can stay at this motel that's outside of town because literally this place had signs at either end of the main road that said, don't let the sun set on your black ass. Oh my God. And I wow. being a 20 something went, this is real. Yeah. This exists. And wow. that was a profound moment for yeah. me. So then I got to a point where I'm like, well, I'm not against anyone being, uh, you know, loving who they want to love or being a race or being a thing. Look at me, pat me on the back. Aren't I great that I'm not racist and I'm not homophobic <laughs> and I'm not misogynic. And then your reality is over time you realize like, yeah, that's the bare minimum, bud. <laughs> like, Oh wow. Congratulations to me. I'm just not a piece of shit. No, like that's not nearly enough. Yeah. You know, there's a, a book uh, titled how to be an anti-racist. Because it's not just about not being racist. Mm -hmm. It's about being right. against Anti yeah, racism against and making yeah. steps against racism. Yeah. And I think a lot of white people, one, will feel like if I'm not racist, I'm not contributing to the problem, exactly. so I'm good. Right. But you're also not contributing to the, to solution. the solution. Yes. And then the other flip of that being, you know, you also need to be very aware of the fact that you, if you actually want to see change, you're going to see changes that may adversely affect you in mm -hmm. the sense of mm -hmm. you have benefits now that you may no longer have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not that you're going to necessarily lose. Just if we really made things equal, mm -hmm. that could be again. And, and I'll use an example of the industry that you know we've both been in, the, the film and television industry. Mm -hmm. I had a friend who she's a, a very prominent actress who I was talking to not too long ago, and she made a joke. She goes, "You know, you're about the most unpopular person to hire right now." <laughs> And I, went, I said, yeah, if you want to do a press release about it, I am. <laughs> but do you think I still don't have a vast advantage oh, over vast. most yeah. uh, women <laughs> filmmakers or gay filmmakers yeah. or of color or trans? I have a huge advantage. Still, most of the jobs go yeah. to dudes that look like me. Right. And yes, as I support uh, directors who are female who I'm friends with, I know them getting a job means I don't get that job. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Yeah, that's good because I think they're telling a story I can't tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and funny. Why that, couldn't that voice be heard? You know what? I when I was an actress, um, and, and this is correct. I mean, it's very competitive, right? All you ever hear is how competitive it is, and I always looked at it like, um, and just speaking to what you're talking about. I always looked at it like, well, I'm not really in competition with another human being. I'm in competition for a role, and I can bring what I can bring to that role. Only I can. And somebody else is going to bring something else to that role. And while a producer might hire, you know, a person because of uh, they're having sex with them or they're related to them, obviously, you know, when you get into the competition argument it's like yeah you're up against all these people and it's going to be them or it's going to be you it's going to be one of them or one of you and I, I just I always figured you know why why spend your time getting upset or worrying that someone's going to be taking something from you when maybe they were the best person to do that and there's there's another opportunity for you to do something that's unique right. to you. And, right. um, you know, I mean, yes, there is something to be said about competition and all of that. And it can be great because when I was in my acting class, if I saw somebody give a really strong performance, it made me, you know, it, it, it made me want to be competitive, not because I wanted to be better than them. 
I wanted to be as good as them or better and just keep lifting and raising that bar. And then they would feel the same way. And it was that healthy competition. But yeah, it's like right now we're, we're in a world that's not equal. <laughs> we're in a country that's not equal. And as you said, it's on paper, it's one thing. But yeah, I mean, I see Kirk Acevedo, who is a Hispanic actor, and, you know, he's always talking about he gets only considered for thugs and gangsters. And, you yeah. know, he's like, I could play Turkish. I could play because I think he's Puerto Rican. So he's like, I could play Turkish. I could play Italian. I could play, you know, I mean, he, what's his name? Um, uh, Al Pacino played Tony Montana and, you know, in, in Scarface. And, and so but we see this all the time that you know people are just constantly the patriarchy is still winning and white men are still winning but i think slowly that's changing and and you know we'll see what happens i don't know where the hell i don't know where the hell we are going <laughs> with and you know, here's the other everything. thing i saw something the other day that stuck with me you know we talk about representation obviously mm -hmm. in art mm -hmm. we want to see representation i love jordan you know jordan peele made a statement about he couldn't he doesn't see himself making a movie where the stars are white and people became critical of, of that. Of course and I they went, did. I don't, I don't care to see that movie. There, I have 800 versions of that movie. Oh, why is there a black movies list on my Netflix? Why isn't there a white movies <laughs> right, list? Right, exactly. Because the rest of Netflix <laughs> is the white movies yes. list. That's why. Yes. I want to hear his voice. I want to see him tell a story that could have had anybody in it, but it has people that are looking through the eyes that he looks through. Mm -hmm. I want to see that story told mm -hmm. and you know uh something that i saw that stuck with me was there was uh, something that came out and i'm, I'm not going to bash it in any way but there was a, a program that came out that did have black central characters but dealt with a lot of really horrible things that happened in the adults of history mm -hmm. and i saw someone go hey hollywood i love seeing representation but it'd be nice to see it every once in a while when it wasn't about the absolute atrocities that we experienced hmm. And I was like, yeah, no, I could that. Wow. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like here. Yeah. It's, we need to face these things and make it real, but it doesn't need to be everything. Right. Like, so if it's going to be that film, that's why I appreciate something that Jordan Peele, does, mm -hmm. even within the horror genre that, you know, maybe some people aren't into that or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's telling stories that are just stories that mm -hmm. could happen to any characters, Yeah. but he's having these characters that represent a world that is familiar to, to him, him, for lack of yeah. a better expression. Right, right. And I love seeing that story and seeing a different perspective and yeah. seeing it told that way. Um, and and it doesn't always have to be just the cash-in right. of, yes, oh, look at us. We're going to pat ourselves on the back for offering representation, mm -hmm. but only to tell the worst things that we possibly could. Yeah. You know. <sighs> well, there is sure a lot on our plate right now, on our uh, collective plates, I should say. Um, and I, you know, I'm grateful for the fact that you are out there doing good things and helping people who need it. And it's important. And so I'm grateful. And I'm grateful that you uh, took some time out of your day to talk to me on my show. And, um, you know, I just I just want to say thank you, because I think what you're doing is it really does make a difference. And it is important. And not everybody's doing it. So. Uh, take, well, take, I, I appreciate that. Thank well, you. I mean and it. honestly, the reality is I do it because I wasn't, you know, raised a certain way or grew up a certain way. And so I believe that literally anyone is capable of changing the way they think or being a yeah. person. And I'm a prime example <laughs> in, in my mind. You know, I see people that maybe are younger who 
who have very zero tolerance for anyone who's ever done anything questionable in the past or thing. And I'm like, look, I love that I'm raising my son to never even consider using a slur, right? to never look at someone differently for who they love or who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, there's a bunch of people, you know, you have to realize he's being raised by someone who wasn't raised that way. Yeah. And it's all about evolution. Yeah. It's just evolving and evolving. Yeah. You know, it's like going so back in time. if I can contribute to that in any way, that's that's all I'm. Well, and really you are, right. and 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 if we go back in time, what was acceptable in 1984 isn't acceptable now, and right. that and that doesn't mean that we should vilify those people back in 1984 when it was acceptable. But we can understand moving forward. Okay, you know what we're gonna. That's not very fair. It's not nice to those people, whatever it is, and that we can change it and we can behave differently. And that's really what it's all about. And all of us, you know, especially, I mean, I'm a Gen Xer, you come up at a certain time and what was, again, what was acceptable in one decade isn't in the next. And it's all about just trying, you know, look, we, we all live in this big house. Earth is like our home. And we mm-hmm. all have to figure out how to coexist. I mean, there's bumper stickers. Those bumper stickers tell us we have to coexist. And, yeah. uh, you know, we can do it. And it's just it, it takes it takes a real effort. And I don't know with with Russia and everything and all the other stuff we didn't even we didn't even talk about, which is fine, about the, the two prosecutors who who uh, left the Manhattan D.A. investigation yesterday, which was alarming. Yeah. Um, there's so much, like I said, on our collective plates, but I yeah. think, you know, we can all do, you know, if, if we can all just take a cue from you and try to find something positive, try to help do something helpful, even if it's one thing a day, it really makes a difference. And so, yeah, I just, again, I'm just going to say thank you um, for what you do because it's important. And before I let you go, uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, okay. Uh, well, my, my username online is Tizzy Ent, uh, T-I-Z-Z-Y-E-N-T. And that's on pretty much any platform that I bother to be on. Okay. So you can find me on TikTok. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's It used to be more of my like music video work and that stuff. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, I should probably start posting stuff there too. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, uh, you, you can find me through those uh, on pretty much any platform. Um, and like I said, uh, if you come along and you start seeing some horrible stuff that gets to be a bit too much and it starts to take a toll on your mental health, go ahead and unfollow me and take a break. Right. That's okay too. Oh. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> like it, it, we, we're not good to anybody if we're completely wrecked by yes. and overwhelmed by the world we exist in. We all have to take, you know, carry the loads that we can carry and do what little we can. Yes. Um, and you know, something as simple as, uh, paying for food, for a person who is hungry can have massive impacts. It so. definitely can. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, in the Patreon description of this show, I am including uh, his uh, Twitter handle, but then I'm also including a link to his link tree, where I think, I believe there's quite a few, or at least at least one um, petition and, and things yeah. called calls to action, things that you can do. So um, sure. definitely check that out again. That's on Patreon. That's on patreon.com slash start me up. And then, of course, you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly L-E-Y. My books are on Amazon. Michael, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.